Hi! Welcome to a podcast of Smut and Dragons, where two MILFs talk about books that have dragons, smut, and sometimes both. Please note that neither of these MILFs claim to be experts in literature, but we are experts on vibes. We may occasionally spoil an extremely minor plot point, but we'll keep it to the first few chapters. Honestly, if it really bothers you that much, are you okay? Is everything alright at home? You can tell us, bestie. We love you. Oh, wow. Input. From the right input. What if we just did like a whole episode where we like talked in odd accents? Here's the thing. Are Here's we really thing. exposed? Are we really exposed? <laughs> because my Australian accent is it doesn't, You don't have to do Australian. That's just my default. <laughs> <laughs> my Australian accent is terrible. It's not that bad. It's not my It could best. be. It's not your best, but it could be bit. It could be worse. I was about to say it could be better. (laughs) It could be better. It could be better. (laughs) I know, but... Oh, no. It's those R vowels. R. It's really fun. I like those. Those are my (laughs) favourites. I think people are tired of this yet. Um, Get used to it. (laughs) Welcome to a podcast of Smut and Dragons, everybody. Welcome to a podcast. I'm Jillian. I'm Maggie, and we're gonna talk about some books, and you're gonna have to listen. I thought you were gonna say we're gonna talk about some butts. <laughs> we might be talking we, about butts. We might talk about butts a little bit. <laughs> Who doesn't like talking about butts? Who doesn't? Are we are we still doing rock paper scissors? We just want to alternate now. We can just alternate now. You dare break tradition. <laughs> we, last week we did. He did the yeah, rock, paper, you, scissors and disregarded the decision. Because, because you won. Listen, I'm so good at rock, paper, scissors. I'm just always going to win. No, when I got upset. <laughs> so, like, do we just want to all, like, we established who went first the first time and now we just alternate. Um, let's just do it again because for old time's sake, it feels wrong not to. It feels wrong? Okay. Okay, okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Are we, are we doing this? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, Should ready? <laughs> Are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> you ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I swear to God, if you win. <laughs> Rock, paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, okay I won. You won. Yay! The end. All right, go ahead. Okay, so my book rec for today is... Is... The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Mm. Schwab. Okay, I'm ready to hear about it. I do own this book. <clears throat> I bought it in a used bookstore... I have not read it and I always get its title confused with The Haunting of Adeline mm-hmm. which, or The Age of Adeline too There's well, The one. Haunting of Adeline which is like that stalker romance that people are always like this is bad and some people are like shut up it's good <laughs> you are in I've never read it <laughs> you are in a completely different network of readers than I am I think what does it say about me <laughs> um, I've not read it but it is very lovely all right, so I'm going to get into a description. Okay. I'm going to give you kind of a baseline of what the story is. All right. And then I'll get into the one-star reviews. All right, please do. Okay. So uh, 
Abbey yes. LaRue. Yes. She lives in the, I want to say the 16th century. And she just lives in this very teeny tiny village in France. Okay. And she's like, I want to say 17. She's like a baby. And her parents are trying to marry her off to some guy. They Ain't, always be doing that. They really be doing that. Sucks being a woman and during that time. Uh-huh, so, period. So she's like, I... And she's like one of those people. She sketches and she's very artistic and she really loves... Um, you know, she has vivid imagination and she's imagined this man that, um, like is the perfect man for her, but she's also like, I don't want to be, to belong to anyone. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel right to me. So she runs off and does a full on, she's in the woods and all of a sudden this entity appears that is, uh, that is kind of conjures himself as this perfect this description of this perfect man that she's envisioned. Hell yeah. And he goes, hello, Adeline. <laughs> and she's like, who are you? Because you definitely just appeared in the woods. And he said, um, you obviously don't want this. What, what would you want? What do you want instead? Um, and she says, I don't want to belong to anyone. I don't want to belong to anyone. I don't want to do this. And he said, are you sure you want to make this deal? And she goes, yes, I don't want to belong to anyone. (laughs) So she basically makes a Faust-style deal with this thing. Entity of some sort. And she runs back to her village, and she walks in, and her parents are like, who are you? And oh, no. she's like, Mom, it's me, blah, blah, blah. And her mom is like, hang on, let me go get your father. And her her mom runs out of the room. And she, she cu- and then her mom comes back in and goes, hello, who are you? So basically she discovers that no one knows who she is. And anytime someone leaves a room or turns a They corner, can't remember her. They forget her. So she doesn't belong to anyone. Oh no, she worded this wish terribly. It's the, <laughs> the thing that they do with the thing. It's the biggest so, mistake. So it cuts between two different timelines, which is modern day. She has lived for over 300 years. Why? She doesn't belong to anyone and she will... Including fr- death? Well, I think another thing that she said was... I want to be free and never belong to anyone. And another thing about being free is that I want to, I will live forever. Okay. So she is forever belonging to no one. Free to roam the world. But alone. But completely alone. And that's why it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. So it cuts between, she's in, I believe she's in New York City and um and then it cuts to her journey like through the past through history right and all of this stuff actually let me get into the one star reviews now okay so. let's do it <clears throat> ready so, um one star review the author creates a situation in which very basic and obvious theological questions arise and yet she does not address any of them over a 324 year span she just has the characters talk about one basic issues issue basic issues will the main character yield to the antagonist or not 
The main character develops a romantic relationship with someone who has a PhD, who was a PhD student in theology and who is extremely well read, works in a bookstore, and yet again, none of these obvious theological issues are raised or addressed. So I'm like, I read this and I was like, what theological issues are they talking about? I don't remember that at all in the book. They were looking for some... I think the biggest theme here is being able to leave a mark on the world. Mm-hmm. And the idea... she So she wishes for freedom. She wishes for freedom. Mm-hmm. She wishes to never belong to anyone. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things... Obviously, she's super lonely. But one of the things she desperately clings to is this idea that she tries to leave a mark wherever she goes. Right. So one of the things... Part of her curse is that if she writes something... If she, she can pick up a pen and write something, but it'll immediately disappear. Her footprints immediately disappear. Oh my God. Anything that she leaves behind. She can't leave a physical mark on anything. No. So, but it's so beautiful because what she does is she influences artists around her. So she falls in love with these musicians, with painters, with writers, with all of these people. And she just constantly stays around them as much as she can and writes songs with them and poetry Uh. and paints and they paint her. And so even though she disappears, the art still remains. Right. And I just think that is really the theme because they're talking about these theological... like such like a mystical quality to that art too because it's like... I have this thing, I have this painting of some woman. So there is a character in this book that is a PhD student mm-hmm. um, who is um, a friend of the, you know, the love interest, I would say. But um, uh, she is an art grad student. And one of the things she finds is one of her, uh, her thesis, that's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. She found all of these paintings and stories and writings and sketches of this woman uh, from all of these different artists from across history of this woman with uh, like a constellation type freckles that are seven freckles on her face. And Addie has seven freckles and it's it's very symbolic in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, who is this woman that shows up with all of these different artists spanning like a whole bunch of years in history? Yeah. and so she does her whole PhD on that, and it's very interesting. Anyway, um, so let me get into the love interest. Okay. So Addie is perusing this bookstore, mm-hmm. very cute, like indie bookstore in New York City. Mm-hmm. And she uh, is picking out a book, and she walks up to the front to like ask somebody a question, and then she dips out. Right. And she walks out the door because she doesn't have to pay for anything. Yeah. So the next thing you know, she feels a hand on her shoulder. Hey! And she turns around and he's like, and the guy that was running the bookshop says, hey, you have to pay for that. You can't just take it. And she's like frozen. And she looks at him and she's like, what? And he's like, you can't just take a book out of here. So she hands it back to him and she like glances at the door. She had gone out the door. Like, how does he somehow, how did he somehow chase her? And she's just like floored by this interaction. So then she decides, I'm going to go back. So she goes back the next day to test the theory. She walks into the bookstore. She picks up a book and goes to ask him a question like, hey, do you have any recommendations about blah, blah, blah? And he goes, are you serious? 
And she's like, what? And he goes, I remember you from yesterday. Like, you stole a book. And she's like, oh my god. And it says, like, she's frozen by these three words, I remember you. And it's just really cool. So, there's this mysterious guy that is the only person over the course of 300 and... 20 something odd years yeah that can remember her can remember her why is that why is that you'll have to read to find out (laughs) so what do you like to know weather boy so i'm gonna get into my favorite one of my favorite quotes and again it really sums up the book for me okay uh which is this one what she needs are stories stories are a way to preserve oneself to be remembered and to forget Stories come in so many forms, in charcoal and in song, in paintings, poems, films, and books. Books, she has found, are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one. So to me, yeah, I know. To me, that really sums up the theme and that one-star review of the theological questions of the book i think this really sums up what the book is about it's about leaving a mark and how art can truly art can really transcend transcend time yeah thank you that's to me the 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 beautiful theme of this book right so Getting into the ratings, Chili Peppers, it's a beautiful love story. So gorgeous. One pepper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One pepper. I'll um, take but it. It's, but it's really lovely. Um, and then I don't have any other scales. I just really liked... Oh, oh, sorry. Stars. Um, <laughs> that's, it. that's it for me. As far as how much I enjoyed this book, uh, four out of five. Four out sure. of five. Hell for yeah. Sure. Is it the greatest book of all time? No, but it is definitely worth the read. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I think you will too. And now you have it. I do have it. I I have a really raggedy used version. I I just threw away the dust jacket because the dust jacket was not in good shape. Oh, listen. But the dust jacket is the most... I was like, I'm losing the description of the book, but what do I need it for now? Well, the dust jacket is like it's literally just the font, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Like yeah. it's not. And a, it, and it well, and it had the description on the inside flap. Oh yeah. See, I don't like it when books do that. I like it when it's on the back. I don't. Yeah. You're making me do more work by turning it to the back. Now we gotta it's open it. I know. It's a bunch of reviews. It's from a bunch of reviews that I don't quotes. care about. It's Neil Gaiman. He read it. He read every book. <laughs> Why does Neil Gaiman have a review line on the back of like every book? He's, how does he read that? How much? does he have time? <laughs> Why does Neil have so much time? Neil, if you're listening, you gotta <laughs> let me know how you didn't let me know how you deal with your time management because you have read like every book. What are you doing, Mr. Gaiman? What are you doing, Mr. Gaiman? <laughs> anyway, um, Take yes. me out to dinner sometime. Beautiful, um, uh, beautiful. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I loved it. Highly encourage everyone to read it. Four stars, one pep. Four stars, one pep. There you go. <laughs> All right. What did you bring to the table, Jill? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hate your face while you did it. <laughs> I love it when you bring art. <laughs> because I... I too bring art. <laughs> I too have brought art in my own way. Um, we're gonna t- we're gonna t- 
I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm just cringing a little bit. I'm yeah, go ahead. Myself. Get it out of your system. I'm bracing you're myself. G- you're going to do it when I say the title. Go for it. Go Ready? For it. It's Radley's Home for Horny Monsters. Oh, <laughs> by oh Av- here we go. By Annabelle Hawthorne. <laughs> Tell me all about it. <laughs> Tell me about these horny monsters. Isn't this like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, but kinky? <laughs> yes. But horny? <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, let me just get this right out there. This is five peppers. Okay. <laughs> this is five peppers. You heard the, it here, folks. <laughs> the plot is there to support the spice. Okay? <laughs> what kind of monster do you like, Maggie? I don't care. You're getting all of them. Okay? <laughs> You're getting all of them. Okay? So this story, we have Mike, male main character. Wow. I know. I know. I know. Way to go, Mike. <laughs> male protagonist, Mike. He, um inherits this old sort of creepy Victorian mansion from a distant relative that he's never met. Okay. I'm loving it so far. He gets to this house and like the estate agent is like, here's the house. He's just like, you could sell it or you could like, you know, the, the, the like local historical agency has been like trying to get it for years, but she wouldn't sell it. His like great aunt or whatever the fuck she was yeah. um wouldn't sell it and blah 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 and he's like well I'm gonna think about it and um he le- she leaves he orders pizza the pizza lady's really hot and he like kind of has a moment about it and he's like but he doesn't do sex a lot because he has trauma <laughs> sure Sure. He has mommy issues as fuck. Oh, good. <laughs> he has mommy good. issues as fuck. And so he, like, eats his pizza. He's, like, alone in this, like, big mansion. He's, like, looking around. He goes up to the master bedroom. In the master bedroom, there's, like, the ensuite bathroom. is like, this huge, ornate tub. Like, this big, beautiful okay. tub. And he's, like, well, I'll take a bath. Yeah. It seems like the right thing to do. He takes this bath. And he is, like, just vibing in the bathtub. And then all of a sudden he sees, like, almost, like, this apparition of, like, this partially transparent woman, like, appear in the water. He, because he was so plagued by the thought of this pizza delivery woman that he had to jerk off. Sure. (laughs) Which he hasn't done in, like, a long, long time, like, a year or something. He only does it, like, every so often because it just brings up too much stuff. What's that like? (laughs) Can't relate. <laughs> Can't anyway. relate. Anyway, um, so Mike's jerking off in the tub. He starts to see this apparition of this woman appear in the water, and he's like, I'm just going crazy. But then she starts to suck him off. <laughs> the apparition? Yeah. And she sucks him off, and she's, she's like partially transparent. And so when he comes, and she he sees his cum go down her throat because she's transparent, and she gets more corporeal and then he's like what the fuck's going on she disappears and then he's like i was dreaming that wasn't real and then like she appears again and she's like i need more and he's like what are you talking about like this is not real (laughs) and then she fucks him in the tub and they fuck and he comes again and and then she's like gone and then she appears again and she's like hi it's just me my name's naya i'm an i'm a nymph and I'm, like, the, the, like, nymph of this house. Like, I lived in the fountain, but, like, I've been dormant in this clogged fountain for so long that I was, like, fading away. 
and I really need you to unclog that fountain <laughs> because it's like keeping me in the bathtub because the fountain is attached to the pipes that attach this bathtub for reasons so that she could get in the house because she can only be in the water that's attached to the fountain because that's her waters. Uh-huh. Um, sure. But... <laughs> And his seed made her come to life. And because... (laughs) Keep going. No, keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Okay, so... um, (laughs) She's like... Yeah, so like when you first came here, like I like looked into your soul. I just had a little peek around. Just like make sure that you were good people to take care of the house. And he was like okay and I, I'm assuming everything's good and she's like yeah we're fine he's like what would have happened if I wasn't if I wasn't good people and she's like oh what I killed you cool and he's like oh cool and she's like yeah but instead I just I just took a little piece of my soul and a little piece of your soul and swapped them and he's like what <laughs> and she's like yeah so now we're like bound and like you're bound to the house like not bound like you can't leave but like you're connected to the house and you and you like are able to interface with the house because the house is magic and he's like oh and he's like why why is that and she's like I don't know I can't remember and he's like hmm and she's like yeah all I know is that like there's some sort of like magic on the house that like in between caretakers we like lose all our memories and like I'm only going to start remembering things as you rediscover them convenient um and he's like oh okay um so that's the start of this oh might I mention that because she swapped a little bit of his soul with theirs her soul nymphs are like really hypersexual and can just go so now he has a magic dick that can go forever (laughs) so he's super horny so not that he's super horny but he's like he had no recovery time Oh, he just can go again. He has no refractory period anymore. Not at wow, all. Wow, wow, wow. And he can just... Jizz has magic. Is... Uh-huh. Has magic? Uh-huh. So anyway, that being said, there's so many five-star reviews for this on Amazon, but let's read a one-star. Let's read a one. One out of five stars. I just want to forget all that happened. <laughs> With all these five-star reviews, I feel like I'm in another dimension. Or maybe just in the wrong one. Yes, I get this is erotica, but that's all it is. There's no plot, unless the plot is an excuse to have sex with anyone with a hole in their body. (laughs) Have you never read erotica before? (laughs) There is no character depth, no world building, no no anything other 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 to do than sex. I've just spoiled the whole book. My bad. My, my main thought is anyone could have written this. <laughs> so why did I read it when I so clearly wouldn't have enjoyed it in the first place? I lost a bet. <laughs> I lost a bet. <laughs> do I like smut? Uh, hell yes. But I also like originality and depth. I want to feel something for the characters, root for them, laugh with them. There wasn't a single thing about the characters I could relate to or even want to relate to. There was literally nothing here for me. (laughs) Thank goodness I was on Audible so I could listen on super speed. Actually, it could have been better if I bumped it up to have chipmunk impersonators. (laughs) Be forewarned, this is a dis- Oh, okay. She also talks about there is- There is- Trigger warning, non-consent. It is a flashback to not- trauma. No, no, no. No, the previous owner's trauma, who's oh, dead now. Oh, okay. Um, you do get flashbacks to his trauma, which are not non-consent related. Okay. Um, it's just really bad mommy issues. Okay. Really bad mommy issues. 
Um, so trigger warning mommy issues. Trigger warning mommy issues. Um, there's kind of a plot going on, but I give it five peppers because the plot is to support the smut. Naya does not, like, Naya's, like, quote-unquote, like, in the hair, because this is a harem romance. Mm-hmm. We, there's no, let's get that out of the way. It's, it's monsters, ha- plural. This is so. a monster harem romance. Yes. Um, and Naya has no problem with anyone being with anybody else. Doesn't care about that. But, um, Mike fucks everybody. <laughs> he goes into contact with it. It's out of control. I don't know why. It is so hilarious that his name is such a basic it's just name. Fucking, like he's Mike. just fucking Mike. He's just Mike. And he, like, like he, his name is Mike. These are the things about him. His name is Mike. He works in tech or something. <laughs> of course. Um, he has a big dick that goes to waste on him because he can't use it because of his trauma. Um, that's what his ex-girlfriend said. <laughs> oh my god. Um... And now he has no refractory period and can just come for days because he's got part of a naiad soul. Um, Way to go, Mike. <laughs> uh, so this, I listened to the audiobook of this. First of all, audiobook's great. The narrator is so good. She leaned, she leaned in. She said yes. <laughs> and she said yes and. Um, and she... <laughs> She was great. And I also think it's kind of funny that is that it is a female narrator, but a male main character. But she does it really well. I believe it. She does it really well. Um, she's one of those narrators that goes all out in the sex scenes as well, which you need at this point. Oh, when yeah. It's, when, it's, when it's this type of book. This is a five pepper book. You this is a five out. pepper book. Um, I told Andrew all about this. Andrew, my husband, told him all about it while I was reading it. I was recounting everything. You I was like, it. and then this happened, and then this happened. You got because it. like the 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 layers and like all of the different mo- like there's the naiad and then there's a goblin. I know there's a centaur at some point. No, no. I know there's a gargoyle at some point. I know there's a there's a there's a banshee. She's a screamer though. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, and, um, in the second book, I've read two of the books. I'm sorry, there's a series? <laughs> yeah, it's a series. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it's just, and sometimes, like, I'm like, hmm, how's that gonna work? How is your big schlong gonna fit in this kind of monster? And then they make it work, and it never happens in the way I think it's gonna happen, but they make it work. But what I was what I was gonna say when I was bridging Andrew is that um, in the very first scene when he first has relations with Naya, she very specifically points out that like she doesn't have an asshole, and I was like, mm, that's gonna be important later. <laughs> and then Andrew was like, ah, it's Chekhov's asshole. <laughs> funny yeah it's so funny no this sounds like a bucket of laughs for sure it's literally i'm just like screaming crying throwing up laughing my ass off listening to this but also then like the spicy stuff gets spicy but also it's just funny that's i mean that's what i'm getting from this is this is just a dumb yeah hilarious was it dumb yes is that the point i think so is it also <laughs> art yes. is it also 
art in its own way yeah yeah you said Chekhov's asshole on the mantle <laughs> and I said hell yeah queen <laughs> go off queen go off queen so silly goofy fun so fun four out of five stars five out of five peppers mm. um the audiobooks are great and also, like, because his, like, mind has been altered, like, he, he overcomes some of his issues with. Oh, his mind has been altered, well, too. no, no, no. It's just, it's just that, like, he, he's so, he's so horny all the time. He's healed. He, he's, he's not healed. <laughs> but he can fuck, and he does. And he does. <laughs> and he does. Um, yeah, stupid fun. It's, it's. It's the most cringy cover. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most cringy thing you will ever see. And here's the thing. The more spice you're going to get, the the worse the plot is going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. just kind but of... But I still didn't think the plot was bad. I thought it was funny. As long as they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. What but is the title again? It's uh, Radley's Home for Horny Monsters. Who is Radley? Uh, rat. <laughs> it's. I think it's his last name. Yeah, it's his last name. Mike Radley. So Mike Radley. Mm-hmm. Radley's home for horny monsters. Yes. This is the cover. Oh my <laughs> god. We've got a woman photoshopped green with steampunk goggles and a tail coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's coming from somewhere. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm making Maggie rethink all of her choice. <laughs> I just, this has been, in a, I don't know how you've topped it, but this is the craziest one yet. <laughs> but at least, I think what, what it makes me intrigued is this one definitely doesn't take itself seriously. No, it does and not. And that's where I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'll get, I feel like I, w- I would read this one just for laughs. It's so fun. All right. Well, um, great. So five peppers, five four peppers, out of five four stars. Four out of five stars, yeah. A bucket of laughs. Bucket of laughs. Just a, go, just a monsters. grand old time. Okay, so um, I want to clarify something in, yeah. this, in our outro. Yeah. Because uh, one of our listeners asked me this, and by one of our listeners, I mean my sister, Grace. Um, <laughs> she said, Jillian started going into something talking about Ice Planet Barbarians talking about being on a ski slope and eating a Nutri-Grain bar, and I was really confused. And I finally <laughs> explained to her, we we love this part of our uh, show where we describe the book in abstract terms. Yes. This is a way to, without even just like going into the storyline of the book, just giving you a feel, giving you the vibes. Of it's what like a TLDR. It, it's just like... <laughs> What are the vibes? These are it. Yeah. With that in mind. Mm-hmm. Go I'm ahead. Ter- <laughs> in terms of mouthfeel. In terms of mouthfeel. <laughs> Which is a joke I made in the first episode. Which we'll say every time now. We will say, we'll every, say time every time now. Time. That is camp. What book did I recommend? The Invisible, Invisible Life, Life of, of Abby LaRue. LaRue. In terms of mouthfeel, uh-huh. this book is, you are in <clears throat> a... New York City apartment that's above a, an old bookstore. Mm-hmm. The paint is peeling on the walls. Yes. Um, you're sitting in a, like, thrifted... You're sitting on a thrifted sofa. You've got Chinese food takeout. Mm-hmm. And you're eating it. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Uh, there's a piano playing in the background in the other room. And all 
of your surroundings should tell you that you are comfortable and you are good and this should be delicious and you should feel safe and yet you are still filled with this overwhelming sadness and emptiness god but there is also this beautiful cityscape in front of you that is the invisible life of Addie LaRue those are the vibes woof okay Radley's Home for Horny Monsters (laughs) the the title the title is so ridiculous is um you're sitting on a porch swing in the early morning with a bowl of Count Chocula (laughs) ice cold bowl of Count Chocula Ice cold bowl of Count Chocula, and the 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 chains on the porch swing need to be like need some WD forty or something. They're they're going they're, they're squeaky, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> there's just piles of leaves on like your front lawn and like spilling over onto the porch. But you're just like nursing your Count Chocula, <laughs> and and you know your house is full of people who love you but they're all still asleep and you're just having this moment on the front porch with your bowl of count chocula that's actually really sweet thank you (laughs) thank you i'm really good at this and i just have a feeling that was not the vibes of this book i'm sure it was but also maybe not it's a little bit like that but also like because they all like like love him Man, what book wrecks we have brought to the table today. Wow. <laughs> Good luck editing this one. The Maggie. juxtaposition of these two books. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like last week we were very much on the same page with the two books, like the vibes of the books we brought. Mm-hmm. And this week just it all went 180. 180. <laughs> we went in two very different directions. We went in two very I. different directions. We were like, last week we were in sync. What if we spiced it up a little? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This, this was really great. This has been a podcast of Smut and Dragons. This has been Jillian. I'm Maggie. <laughs> and y'all have a good time. The end. <laughs> <laughs>